awesome. Give it up for him. He did a good job. <clears throat> but I want to make sure that, where are you in this room, young elementary students today? Okay, just this little group over here, some cutie in the middle with a blopper, and then somebody over there. Oh, she's like, that's me. All right, so um, listen up, because I'm hoping that you'll be encouraged today, too. This is not just for the old and wise. This is also for you, too. But I wanted to share a little bit about myself. And before we get going here, let me get on my phone. And is anybody like super duper good with phone and electronics in this place who's young? Just a little person over. Are you like are better than your parents? Are you? They're so truthful. <laughs> I just love it. Um, and so here we go. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say that today I know is not an easy day for everyone in the room. There's some moms and daughters or children that are rejoicing. Uh, they have their mom here. Their mom may still be around. And then there's some of us who don't have our moms anymore. Um, there are women in here that want to be moms and have tried to be moms. And, and, and they haven't seen that blessing yet, but I believe you will. And then there are just moms in here. There are moms in here with children that are in the armed forces. And every day, they're wondering if they're okay. There are moms that are in here that have kids go to school in our schools in America, and you can wonder if they're okay, right? And so today, I just want you to know that as I get ready to go into this message, this message is meant to be fun today. We have young people in here. I don't want them sleeping while I'm preaching. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and um, so while... Just remember that as I get ready to do the message today. Um, I don't mean any... Um, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings this morning. What I'm going to talk about is a, um, some people deal with that, and it's a serious um, issue for them. So the title of my sermon has nothing to do but to give him glory and honor, and I hope that it would give you, um, it would just bring you joy all the way around. And so, um, yeah. Hoarding. Hoarding is a tough obstacle to overcome. And so as I begin to speak, just remember that and know that my heart is pure and it wants to bring glory to his name. So here goes. The title of the message is, Yahoo! I'm becoming a holy hoarder. <laughs> and I want you to be one too before you leave. As I was picking the title, I just simply realized that I have a few confessions to share with you guys, okay? And so, like, I grew up in a large family. Anybody else a large family? Let me see where you are today. Okay, so I grew up in a family of six kids. And, um, you know, everybody wants more, and there's always just enough to go around with maybe a few extras. So the golden rule is whoever grabs first gets the most, right? And so that's how it was for me and my family. And so um, I, I think I became a, a hoarder. Um, I, anytime I got something that I really liked, I hid it away. <laughs> uh, my brother would come in my room and steal it. He's such a stinker. Um, 
And you know what? It seemed like, I remember one time, we were literally fighting over a pork chop that was in the middle of the table, and we were doing this deal. You know what I mean? Anybody ever do that before? With your siblings. So, you know, <clears throat> you know, I think that I brought that into my marriage. <laughs> I know I did. And then I brought it into mommyhood. And what ended up happening for me was... Um, I loved Oreos. Do you remember that, Miss Beth? Like, I seriously loved Oreos. Um, I remember before we left our church here that um, I was in good shape and working out all the time, and we were at Pastor Aikens one night, and he came down at, like, 1130. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm doing typo. I ate four extra Oreos. He's like, oh, my Lord, go to bed. And so I had, like, this thing with Oreos. And what I would do is um, when my kids were sitting in the high chair and their little legs were swinging back and forth, I'd say, do you want an Oreo? And they'd be like, yes. Yeah. So I'd find the broken ones. I'd give them the broken ones. They're small. They don't need a whole Oreo. You know what I mean? And, um, I mean, seriously. And then, and then I would, um, as they got older, this is so weird. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but... I love those Gerber hot dogs, even today as a 50-year-old woman. <laughs> Gerber hot dogs, my kids think, well, my husband thinks they're disgusting and they smell, but my kids loved them. And so I would, like, put them in their high chairs, and I'd be like, one hot dog for you and two for mommy, you know. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, swinging their legs, having a good time. And then it got worse in my kids' teenage years. Because, you know, when you go to the cabinet and you open it up, does any mother ever get tired of finding crumbs and the bag is still in the cabinet? Ugh. So I got to the point where I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy my own bag. I can. I'm the mom. So that's what I did. I bought my own bag and um, kept it for myself. I found a neat little Tupperware from the dollar store, sealed top, stuck it in there and slid it under my bed. And that's where it was until my husband found it. <laughs> and I remember um, Pastor Dan Ashley's wife, um, Ashley is his wife, she came over and she goes, she was helping me clean one day, and she goes, what is this? And I'm like, oh my Lord, you found my stash. So really, I'm just confessing to you this morning, and I want you to know, with all honesty, that I have broken that hoarding habit of my Oreos. And just to prove it to you, I brought a big bag of Oreos, and so Robin Ann, if you'll come, and I'm going to give some away today just because I can. These are like mint Oreos. If somebody's like wanting to shove this in some ice cream later, that's really good. Make sure a teenager gets one and a youth gets one, and if a grandma wants one or somebody else wants one, look at all these great. Um, double stuffed. I'm a double stuffed girl. Okay, I'm not like needing mega, just double. More mint. <clears throat> and, oh, whoa, chocolate. <laughs> oh, yeah, just raise your hands. They'll bring them to you. I learned in children's church to share. You know. <clears throat> now. I love it. <laughs> Pastor. <clears throat> we need like a ton of water. And I'm kind of have to be done. And it broke several arms and two hooks. What time? Okay. 
just a lot. Thank you so much. So here's the deal. I think all of us are hoarding something, wouldn't you say? Just yell out some of the things that you love that you wouldn't dare want to share with somebody. Just don't, don't be shy. What's something that you just can't live without? And you just know in your heart you ain't going to share it with your sister or brother. My, my iPod. Your iPod. Mm-hmm. Any adults in here willing to tell what they want to keep for themselves? What did you say down there? Dark chocolate. Anybody else have anything they want to yell at? Guys, what is yours? Peanut M&M's. I love it. Dog it all. I'm going to get your wife a bag, you stinking... No, whatever. Okay. Marilla. <laughs> so, my husband says he wants the remote. That's another story. I am the mother that doesn't like four. I want one to do the whole deal. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So when Wallace was young, um, he had 15 lightsabers. No kidding. And he would line them up from smallest to largest, from the ones that did nothing to the ones that did everything. And he had so many lightsabers that we decided to take his clothes. Think about this. <laughs> take his clothes out of the drawer and give his lightsabers a neat, neat, neat place for them to stay. We have issues. <laughs> Sorry, Wallace. You may hear some stories today about you, but that's because Whitney's not in the house. Move along. Um, let me see. I'm working off my phone here, so just kind of go with me. Here's where I think I'm at. I believe that God wants each and every one of us in this place to become holy hoarders of his presence. And what a neat thing to say from this Mother's Day to next Mother's Day, as a mom or a man or a child in this place or a teenager, how much have I really grown in that from one year to the next? Because it's in his presence that we're renewed and we're replenished. You know, if Jesus is the living water, and he went to the woman at the well and he said, I have something for you, and it, you will, it, it's living waters and you'll never, it'll never run dry, don't you think that's something we should have all the time? And yet, for some reason, we do not hoard his presence, do we? Lots of things crowd into our lives. And yet the Lord is like, well, if you hoard my presence, you're going to get my character. You're going to have love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And we all want that. We all need it. You know, if you think about it, our joy is dependent on being in his presence. And yet we allow ourselves to be buried with other things, people, places, Things, don't we? We all do it. We're all in the same place. I want to share something with you because when I read this, I thought, this is, this is unbelievable because this is the reason why somebody would hoard something. And when I read it, all I could think of was my Jesus. See if you feel the same way. When a person hoards something, they believe that that item will be useful or valuable in the future. When we hoard his presence, isn't that like Jesus getting in his presence, the Holy Spirit helping us today and in the future? And then number two, people who hoard feel it's, it has a sentimental value. It's unique. This item that they keep is irreplaceable. They would never bargain it 
and they would never throw it away. Jesus. Getting into his presence will prepare us for our futures. Bottom line. And so what Jesus did on the cross to remove our sin is so irreplaceable to us in this place that we should want to hoard his presence. And yet, there's things right now that we probably have that we have way too much of. Maybe it's, I don't know, antiques. That highly valued, sought-after antique, right? And we go and we look for that. And then we keep that because it's so important to us. But you know what I think about Jesus? He's unique. He holds sentimental value in my heart and yours. And he is completely irreplaceable. So while hoarding means that I can simply be in his presence whenever I want, whenever I desire. Can you tell I've been sick? I've had like a rotten cold. Anybody else? Yeah, it's been a big deal. Um, <clears throat> so here's the deal. If you could put the I have issues up on the screen, did you do that? If you could put that up there, that'd be great. I want you to take a look at this. I learned this from an evangelist. I'm not going to tell you who he is because you'll look up on your phones and try to figure it out. But you know, we all have issues. If you were to take the eyes out of this right now, what do you think that it would say? Can you figure it out? Elementary students, take a look up here. Can you figure that out? What would it say? If you took out the eyes, what could this turn into? Hmm? What is it? Say it a little louder so we can hear you. Uses? Good try. (laughs) Anybody else? What? Does he have one? Well, go ahead and put it up there for us on the screen. Uh Uh-oh. Was that purposeful? Okay. There you go. Anybody else got any ideas? Who did it? You're getting it. Oh, man, them country boys, they smart. Lord made them smart down south, you know. He saves us. (laughs) He saves us, guys. And you know who he saves us from most of all? Ourselves. The scripture that I want to share with you today is Psalms 42. And it says this, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul longs for you, God. How does that relate to us today? Simply, if we're dehydrated from his presence, it's going to show in every way. It's going to show to our children. We might not have the right attitude to our spouse. We certainly may not be the person that's Uh, being the light in the dark world of where we work. We need his presence in us all the time to hydrate us so that just as the deer needs water to survive, we need the spirit of the living God for us to survive. Amen? Jesus Christ is the living water. He wants to fill us up every day so we can overflow to those around us. And you know what I think is happening right now in the church, um, in the body of Christ, is simply this. I believe that um, Satan is coming hard. Can you hear me? Coming hard after the saints of the body of Christ. I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last few years, there have been so many people that have gone home to get promoted to Jesus. Haven't they? 
And so, you know, I believe Satan is coming hard after them. He is literally assaulting the saints. The scripture is simple. It says this. It says in Revelations 12, 7 and 12, So Satan was thrown out of heaven to the world, and he has come to torment and deceive the world, unleashing and afflicting the saints because he knows his time is short. Let me say something to you, not just to moms, to children, to men in this place, to teenagers. If we don't get in his presence, the closer it gets to the end days, we are going to run short. We're not going to have enough inside of us of the word to pour it out. I keep thinking of those people that were in the Holocaust places. How you would read up on the walls. How did they ever have faith in there? But they were writing those scriptures, those thoughts from the Old Testament. There's something about planning and rooting his word inside of us. There's something about drinking from the living waters of Jesus Christ that will never thirst again. And I want to be one of those people. And I believe in the last days that God is simply showcasing his saints for his glory. Our stories for his glory. The closer it comes to the end, if that scripture's true, he's not going to let up, is he? Mm -mm. And so he's going to continue to unleash everything he can to stop you in your marriage to stop you with your children, understanding them, to cause deception and disunity to come into your homes. You see, he's the liar, the father of all lies, and he's doing a pretty stinking good job when it comes to the saints who are not in his word. Honestly, we're weak. If we're not in his word, we can be weak. I don't want this message to be negative, but I want you to get to the point where you're like, I'm not going to be weak. I'm going to be like that epic mom. I'm going to be an epic dad. I'm going to be an epic child because I'm going to take time to bury myself in his presence. Let me see if what I got going on over here. I have so many little different things because I lost some notes on my phone, and so it's been really tricky for me today. Um, I want to talk about a few saints. Some are in this place today, and um, some that are really close to my heart. And where are we at with time? We eight eleven oh eight. Yeah, I'm going to talk about a really cute lady in this place, and you guys know who she is. Uh, my friend Sylvia, Sylvia Bunch Johnson. Sylvia, are you back there? Can you wave? She's going to be like in the chair. You know what I mean? She back there, trust me. She's, did she wave her hand? You, it is not time to be humble. Lift it high. Lift it, girl. There, oh my word, I see you. You were just, I gotcha. You're so cute. So we live with Sylvie, and she cracks me up. Um, she said, you know what? Let's see if I can get her wording right. I literally went ahead and put it in here. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Sylvia says uh, this. She said, I prayed, and I felt it wasn't going to be easy for you and Pastor Wally to come here. Satan would do anything he could to keep you from Muskegon. I just didn't know it was going to involve me so much. That's what she said, plain and simple. Think about it, she said. In one year, I've had the flu three times. I don't even get sick, she says. And then we started talking. I added to her plate. I'm like, well, yeah, in October, you passed out at the sink and you were hospitalized. And then on December 12th, 
in our second year that we were here. She fell and she broke her, she broke her leg and had more metal pins put in it. And so for our second Christmas here, she was in the hospital. Happy New Year. And we did. We were happy in, in the hospital, weren't we, Sylvie? As a matter of fact, what people said about Sylvia everywhere we went, people said that she was full of joy. Everywhere she went. It was a joy. It's a joy to come in here and serve that little lady. <laughs> She's cracking jokes about her cotton top and everything. I mean, she was funny in there. Um, and so... And then on top of all that, here's the cool stuff. Like right before she fell, we got her nails and her toes done. So, you know, she's all a little hot in there. She had her toes hanging out and her nails. They're all like, you are Mrs. Sass. And she just looks so beautiful. So she was able to be Jesus and super good looking when she didn't think she was. (laughs) And then um, here's the secret about Sylvie that some of you guys don't know. And here's what I'm talking about when it comes to the presence. When I would go into her hospital room, it was always quiet. When I would go into the rehab room before the other people got into her room, super quiet. And each time I would come in, just because I did, you know, just thought I'll ask. I said, you want your TV on? She's like, no, I don't want it on today. And I'm like, okay. She said, you know why? Because when I sit quiet, I can hear him tell me what to do next. Isn't that cool? Listening to his voice. Sylvia, you are a hoarder of his presence. When I'm in my bedroom, I can hear Sylvia in the kitchen. She all washing them dishes, you know. (laughs) Praying for our family. Praying for her friends. Praying for this church. Praying for the one who just went to heaven's family. She's just praying. Then all of a sudden she'll stop. She'll be like, Kobe, you want to eat some food? And then she'll go right back to prayer. It's awesome. It's an awesome thing. Sylvie, the Lord knew I needed you. Sylvie's taught me cool things. Sylvie's taught me how to take an egg and flip it without breaking it. Yeah. And before my dad passed away, I got to share that with him. And he was like, you are the coolest. Because I could never do that. I'd be like, scrambled is all you're getting. Don't ask for any more. But Sylvie taught me that. Today, I don't have to ask my mother-in-law how to get a stain out because Sylvie's taught me. I know how to pull clothes out of the dryer after, you know, anybody do this, let that dryer go and go and go for a long time and still pull it out and go, what in the world? I didn't get here fast enough. Sylvie just taught me how to put it on that delicate and watch it on air and boom, that thing comes out and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. It's like I needed a Sylvia Johnson about 20 years ago. It's cool. Do you know what I think God is wanting some of us to do in this place? He's wanting us to get unbusy. I think, too, he's wanting to clear the clutter in our minds. He says that he's going to renew our minds when we get in his presence. Anybody in here ever do this? Hang on to last year's favorite scripture. Anybody hang on to what was said in the conference and just keep repeating it and repeating it? And you kind of look holy when you're with your friends, you know? 
You look smart and, and like you've been in his presence, but who knows if you've been in his presence? He does. That'll run out, won't it? It'll run out. Hmm. I still can't believe she said we brought her trouble. Anywho, moving on. Um, I had a friend, and she's a pastor friend of mine, and her name is Jane, pastor's friend's wife. Her name is Jane. She was in Michigan for a long time, and, and she ended up getting cancer, not once, but twice. And they actually even did a video giving praise to God for what he had done. And today that video still airs and it's still true because what he did then was still good and it still promotes who he is. But she got promoted from the earth to heaven and got her healing in a different way than we all planned. One day before she passed, Whitney said, she called me on the phone from Minneapolis and she said, Mom, Jane's in a lot of pain. They've given her all they can give her, and she's just too good of a lady. Like, I don't want to see her in pain like that. The tears just started flowing down my face, because, you know, Jane's like one of those friends. Have you ever had a friend that when you meet them for the first time, they act like they've known you all your life? And they're so genuinely sincere that you just want to be near them? That's Jane. When Jane had cancer, just a few months before she passed, she struggled out of bed and she came and watched Whitney's volleyball game. So when Jane was ill, I didn't understand the pain. I said, Lord, do it without the pain. If you're not going to heal her here, take her home. Do it without the pain. Anybody ever been there? What are you doing, God. So I pulled over on the side of the road because I was crying so hard, and I basically just said, God, what are you doing? And I didn't hear anything, so I just sat and cried, and I, I just waited. I couldn't get home. And all of a sudden, I saw in front of me, through the tears, this hand. And I think it was the hand of God. And I don't know if you believe in visions today or not, but I do. The Bible says in the last day he's going to pour out his spirit on his sons and daughters. And I'm someone's daughter, and he gives me visions and dreams. And so here is this hand that comes out. I have no answer from him yet, right? But I'm looking through my tears as if it's like a rainy day, thunderstorms. And I can see this hand, and all of a sudden I see this little things sitting on this hand so I get closer and closer to it and I can see it's Jane and she's sitting on the end of his hand with her legs just swinging. I said, God, what, what is this? And he said, she's up here because I am showcasing her story for my glory to the people that are looking up. She had not passed yet. I prayed, should I share that with her husband? <sighs> Don't share something unless you know Jesus tells you to. I didn't. I held it. But after she passed, I prayed another day, and then I sent it to him. And he literally said to me, you don't even understand. My children and I needed that right there. My wife may not be here now. She may be promoted up there, but we're going to live for him completely until the end. They needed to see that. He said he felt like she was going to go. That was his confirmation. 
God is so cool like that. Joanne, will you come forward? There is a friend that I have in this church, and if you don't know her, you need to get to know her. Because this, this is one of those women that you get around, and, well, I'll just say it. We went to visit her when she had surgery, and I sat at her table with tears in my eyes. The love of Christ comes off so powerfully. When you're in the presence of the Lord, doesn't he just splash off and hit everybody around you? It's living water, right? She does that, and she's stinking good looking. He made her good. (laughs) She's learned how to sit at the feet of Jesus and get the better things. She's told me I've learned how to push everything aside to get in his presence. She said the Lord called her to a 40-day fast. She did not understand why, but at the end of the fast, she received the most horrible news any mother could receive. Go ahead and listen. Good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day. And July the July the 10th of 2010 became a day that I had to learn to live another kind of normal. As Val said, the Lord in starting in June, the Lord had prompted me to do a 40-day sacrifice, which I did not understand. As a matter of fact, I wanted to get out of it, and I want to tell you that it wasn't like Jesus did, but it was a 40 days of us just giving up something which was still hard. I didn't understand that, but he kept on nudging me, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this. So I went through my 40-day sacrifice, and it ended on July the 10th of 2010. So I jumped out of bed that morning just totally excited. I had my praise and worship on. I was doing laundry, and I said, okay, Lord, what's up? I made my 40 days. Now what's up? So I I believe it's about 11 o'clock, or so in the morning and my husband was on the phone talking with someone and uh, um, got the call and they beeped in and I heard my husband kept saying what what and I automatically began to shake and get really really nervous like something is going on so he didn't know how to tell me but he came in the kitchen and he put his arms around me And I had a son, 45 years old, his name was Anthony, and he said, aunt passed. At that point, I fell to the floor, kicking and screaming. Because what else can you do when you learn your only child is just suddenly passed away? So I I ran in my bedroom, and I fell to the floor, screaming and kicking. And as I was down on the floor, the Lord reminded me that in all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And that was there, and I thought about, this is why I needed to do that sacrifice. I needed to be in his presence for that many days, and he prepared me for what was going to happen. He already knew, but he prepared me. And I got up off the floor, and it was like the scripture that says, I'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. I got up off the floor and I couldn't, I couldn't understand it, but I was actually in his presence for the whole time. Just, it's just like I supernaturally walked in God's presence. Instead of people consoling me, I was consoling them. And they would come to our house and they didn't want to leave. The presence of the Lord was just there. So I'm just thankful to the Lord for obedience. 
church. It's important to be obedient to that still little voice inside of you whatever it is that the lord in in his presence and when you you need to be in his presence in order to hear it and when you hear it it's just important to be obedient my story is longer than that but i just want to give you that part of it but god is good thanks for sharing it's powerful it's powerful church he definitely is going to fill us and give us what we need. And you know what? My time is just about up. And so I just want to share a few things with you. I want to share a few scriptures. Genesis 50:20 says this. Satan intended harm for me, but you, God, intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. What? The saving of many lives. It's powerful. Our story for his glory give you a few others here that are just so awesome because we're going to get ready to pray for you and it's just going to be a simple prayer at your seat but what I believe that the Lord will do is he will begin to pour in that living word and it will literally saturate you for this moment if I can find them here the prayers of the righteous do what They're strong, they're powerful, and they availeth much. There's a scripture that I have for you. It's found in Romans. And if I could find it for you, I would love to share it. Just hold a moment here. Um, When I lose my notes, we're in trouble on my phone. So here we go. Listen, Listen to this. May the praise of God be in our mouths like a double-edged sword in our, in our hands. When we have the word of God in our mouth, she, I don't know if she said that, but she said to me, yeah, the word just came flowing out of her powerfully. It was like a double-edged sword, literally, to cut to the middle of every pain and every hurt that she was feeling and cause her instantly to get the proper perspective in his presence. She talked to me just last year, and that's how I learned of her story. And she said, it's not easy. Today, today's a tough day, but I'm able to get through it. Her story has been used over and over. Can I ask you something? Are you in his presence? Are you overflowing with that living water? Because you know what? For me, I need more. I can't get enough. And as a matter of fact, this whole week I was sick, and I couldn't get enough water. Because see, what happens to us when we're not in his presence, it's like we get sick, isn't it? And we need that to pull out the impurities We're talking about hoarding. God wants to declutter our minds. He wants to get rid of some harmful habits in our lives that we hold on to all the time. And so, you know what I want to do? I want to pray for you. Mother's Day is huge for me because I gave my heart to Christ on Mother's Day. Didn't hear a word of the message, but at the end, when they gave the call, it was this. Are you struggling with your mom today? Are you at odds with her? God can help you work through that. I trotted down to the altar. I was like, I do want to be closer to my mom. I went down there. He looked at me in my old Madonna outfit, and he was like, before we go and bridge you with your mom, we need to bridge your heart to Christ. But he was right. He had to take care of what was going on with me first before he could take care of my need. And so today I just want to pray. Would you bow your heads in this place? Right where you're at. Make that a place for the next minute. 
Think about your life. Are you a follower of Christ? If you're not, you can be. Jesus says that he has a plan. God has a plan for you. And any harm that's ever come your way, it's never been purposeful for you, but to bring you to him. He has a plan and a purpose. If you're here today, as you're sitting there, just you and God, and you feel like, hey, you know what? I need to get this right first, like Val did, so that I can ask God to begin to move in the other areas of my life. If that's you, and you want to talk about it at the end, I'll be right up here, and I'll pray with you, just like my pastor prayed with me. And maybe you're sitting here today, and you're like, you know what? <laughs> I've got some harmful habits, and I know it's because I'm hoarding. My, I'm, I'm putting my children before God. I'm putting my TV shows before God. I'm, every time I know I should be reading my Bible, I'm not. But really, when it gets down to the bottom of it, if I don't get his word inside of me, I'm not going to change. Things aren't going to change in my life. I'm not going to be able to be an example to those in this dark world. I'm not going to be as light. I know you know what, Val? Today on this Mother's Day, I need to make that decision. You don't have to share that with me, but where you're at today, I want you to think about that. God, I need you. I need your presence. Lord, there are some people in here today, as they have their heads bowed, they're going through some really tough stuff. They're going through some specific pains, Lord, and suffering that they don't understand. I saw tears when Joanne spoke, God, and so maybe it's health issues that they don't understand. They're frustrated. They've asked you, God. They're trusting you. But you haven't come through yet, and they're going to wait, and they're going to continue to trust. Maybe it's financial issues. You've been tithing. You've been faithful to give to the church. You're like, God, I'm ready for you to pour out the blessing. It's coming. Maybe there are family struggles like my family was dealing with. You have wayward children that haven't made their way back to God. They're coming. I believe that. Maybe it's a job issue. It's loneliness or depression. It's just hurt from something somebody did to you. Family, friend, co-worker. Father God, right now, you know we all have issues. And so there's not anyone different in this place. Follower or non-follower of you right now, God. We're just simply people that need to become better people. And I pray, God, that through this message, that their hearts would become thirsty for you and want to long for you more. And, God, that they would become people such as myself that desire to know you more, to be better for my husband, to be better for my children, to be a better friend, to hear your voice when it's quiet, God, to know that you're going to answer and I can wait and I don't have to wonder and worry. God, I want to give you my life, showcase it for your glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. So tonight, today before you leave, we just want to give every woman a little gift from us to help you to remember to replenish your life with his presence. We have a cafe. It's open on Sunday mornings from 8.30 to 10. We just want to give you a free specialty drink. And you can get it starting next week. 
And um, we'd love to invite you back if it's your first time here with us. We love the Lord. We're thankful that you're here. And we hope that just like me on Mother's Day, you will connect with the one true God. And he will become your Lord and King. And you will go to heaven when we all go to heaven. Amen? Amen. You guys, happy Mother's Day. Be blessed in all that you do today with your family and friends.
his praises one day when sin was as black as could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory Rising, he just 
to the mountains? Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God, who made heaven and earth and the mountains. Okay. 